Amen. Amen. That's a that's a sobering thought. I don't want to die cold, do you? I, I don't want to die cold. I, I want to keep my heart warm. I want to keep myself warm. Uh, and uh, I sure don't want to die cold. That'd be a miserable way to die physically, but it'd be an awful way to die spiritually, wouldn't it? Terrible. First Peter chapter 4. Terrible, terrible thing. When he's right, we're trying every way in the world to warm up, but the way that it's always worked in the past. He's going to tell us some things here in First Peter chapter four concerning the last days. Peter was in his, uh, David was in his last days, and. Uh, he was cold in his last days. And if we're not careful here in the last days that we're in, we'll end up cold as well. And so we need to, um, it's a great blessing to know we don't want to be cold and to be able to see uh, the truth is a great blessing, but it's not enough to know better. Does that make sense? I mean, I, it's, not, it's not enough um, yes, there's a lot of people deceived, and they don't even know. If you were deceived, you wouldn't know it, right? So they don't even know. Um, so it's, it's one thing. It's a wonderful truth and blessing, and I thank God for the, the insight that he gives us to help us to even see that we're cold. Um, I believe that may be somewhat of what the Revelation is talking about. Uh, at least a man that's cold knows he needs to get warm, Right? <laughs> Uh, and a lukewarm man may be somebody who thinks he's all right, but uh, he don't. He, he, he's kind of indifferent. Um, but um, at least a cold man knows he needs to get warm. But that's not enough. It's not enough just to know it. Uh, we've got to get to where we need to be with the Lord. And uh, one thing that will get you cold uh, is in what we're dealing with in First Peter chapter number 4 is the warfare. If there's anything that will get you cold, it will be the warfare. We are in a warfare. And um, we have got to keep that in mind. That's what Peter's dealing with here in this chapter. Uh, this warfare considered. Uh, we're de we'll deal with that until we get on into chapter number 5. But he's trying to remind us and keep us in, in memory of these things. To remember that we are in a warfare and we're going to suffer. And um, we know that, and it seems like we've always known it, but yet we're still surprised when we get there. And uh, we'll end up um, discontent, unhappy, um, complaining, murmuring, um, if we're not careful. But if we'll arm ourselves with the mind that verse 1 says in First Peter 1, uh, 4, 1, excuse me, uh, we'll arm ourselves with that mind, and we'll be expecting these things to come, and we'll be looking forward to the day when they will cease, um, we'll be doing all right. And uh, so he says that in the first verse here, uh, the warfare considered, for as much as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. For he that hath uh, suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin, 
that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, uh, but to the will of God. And boy, that's a great blessing for you and me uh, that we are our purpose uh, is to be in the will of God. Uh, that's what uh, Jesus knew when he was upon the earth. Um, he had meat to eat that they knew not of. And John, he talked about that. Um, uh, the, it's, it's his to do the will of the Father. And that's the will that uh, he was concerned about. And that's the will that we're supposed to be doing. Not our own will, but the will of God. And so we should not live any longer. The time has passed now that we should, uh, all those things that were wrought in our life, uh, uh, and when we walked in excess of riot, uh, all those things should be past. Verse 3 said, For the time past of our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles. That should be in the past. And we need to leave that in the past. Amen? We don't need to dig it back up, the memory of it. And we certainly don't need to get involved back with it again after we've been saved. Right? The Bible says, As become a saint, let it not be named once among you as become a saint. Isn't that, isn't that something? I say, well, I kind of do that all the time. The Bible said, don't let it be named once. And we've forgotten things like that. The Bible has a great high expectation for Christians to live. Now, he's going to go on at the end of this chapter and say, if judgment begin at the house of God, where shall the, so if the righteous scarcely be saved, how, where shall the, the unrighteous and the ungodly, where shall sinners stand? And so the expectation is high for me and you. We should be dead to sin. Now, wake up now. We need priests. We need people to stand and preach against sin. Uh, when we start to get comfortable and we start to get complacent and we don't want people preaching on sin, we're in a dangerous place in our life. We need sin preached against, mine and yours and everybody else's. Uh, that's part of the reason we're in the trouble that we're in. Uh, Paul even said, I wrote to you in a former time, I wrote to you not, not to keep company with fornicators. Now that's what the Bible said. And you try to do that in this day, and you'd be a mean, hateful bigot. Uh, you know, we've picked out other things of sins that we don't like to be around certain people. But Paul said, I told you not to keep company with people that are fornicators. And he said, not altogether the fornicators of this world, but if any man be called a brother. Right? Now, don't let my smile confuse you. I love this kind of preaching. This is the kind of preaching that helped my life. The kind of preaching that somebody just didn't care about anybody's feelings, just read the Word of God and got the Word of God in their heart and just preached against everything that I was doing or thinking about doing. That will help you in your life. Uh, but the expectation in the Christian church in years ago, it used to be that people, there was an expectation that people live holy. Right? And that, that's no longer the expectation. We'll put, hey, we'll use you if you'll just show up. Well, we've lowered the standard, haven't we? We got, we got new people carrying, uh, well, you know, used to, you couldn't uh, get by with the things people are doing openly in this day. But don't be surprised if this preacher that loves you very much and loves you uh, just like his own uh, uh, sees a person that is not married, that claims to be a Christian involved in fornication, don't get up here and be shocked because I don't want to use you. 
Right? I'm not judging you. I'm not your judge. But I don't, I cannot allow the things of God to be entrusted into the hands of people that are living in open rebellion to God. Right? We got to keep some standard and some holiness in the church. We've got to hold the banner high, the expectations set high, because God set the bar. I didn't set it, and He set it way high. And He said, So not altogether the fornicators of this world, you're going to work with fornicators, you're going to come across them at the store, you're going to come across them when you go out to eat, you're going to, they're going to be in your families, they're going to be in those situations. But when it comes to God's business, God said in the church, people that are called brethren and tell you that they're saved by the grace of God, but they're going to live in fornication. They are completely out of the will of God, and you are to separate yourself from people that claim to know God and live in fornication. Woo! Hallelujah! That's good preaching. That's right. That'll help you. Don't, don't be shocked about those things. We're supposed to come out from among them and be a separate, say the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing. I'll receive you. We're supposed to be separate. There's an expectation for people that claim God's name to live holy lives that are separate unto God. <laughs> And don't get mad at the preacher because he preaches against it. You're mad about it. Take it up with God. He wrote it, not me. And he told me not to even keep company around people that are living in fornication. They'll sing specials now. Amen. Come on now. Don't die off on me. We need this kind of preaching every now and then. This preached against sin. Um, Bible, the Bible says that people that are living in that kind of manner, but not altogether fornication of this world, remember, people, but there's a certain people. What about this group of people? Those that are walking disorderly, withdraw thyself. People that, 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 that won't uh, listen to sound doctrine. Uh, people that won't walk uh, right, that, that are walking purposefully contrary. Uh, people that are uh, mischievous. People that are liars, that are full of lies. Uh, they they They'll try to pretend to be something in front of some people, but then how they're living, everybody else knows how they're living, but they think nobody else knows about it. And so they try to act in a certain way, but the reality is they're hypocritical. They're playing a part. The reality of their life is they're living in fornication and cussing and cursing and openly rebelling against God and then want to take an issue with the church that somehow we're bad people because we don't want to be around it. Hey, I got news for you. I don't want to be around it. Amen. <laughs> amen. You young people better amen me. Or I'm going to say you're guilty. I picked on you a little bit this morning. I'm not picking on you because it goes on uh, throughout young people. It goes right on into all ages. There's all ages uh, guilty of those kind of things. But it used to be in the church uh, that it was an expectation used to. People at least had enough conscience about them uh, that they would at least set themselves down. And not put it on the preacher. Not put it on the music director to have to sit them down. Right? Go on now. Amen. I love you, but I I don't want to hear about it. If I, was, if I was living in an adulterous relationship, how many of you would like to st- sit here and listen to me preach tonight? Well, I don't want to listen to nobody singing that's living in rebellion to God. I love you, and I want to see you get back to where you need to be. But until you do, I don't want to hear you sing. Amen. And I believe that church, I believe that church stood this way before I got here. If that's true, say amen to that. 
Uh, that, ain't, that ain't come along with me. Uh, that's been here since before I can know. And I'm not trying to pick people to pieces. Uh, but I'm going to tell you something. There's an expectation. Uh, there, it's an honor. It is an honor to get to serve God. It's an honor to get to sing. It's an honor to preach. It's an honor to teach Sunday school. And if you're not going to live right, and you're going to live in a manner displeasing to God purposefully and willfully and re- rebelling against everything this church stands for, then don't try to come up here singing and don't try to teach Sunday school and don't try to preach a message. <laughs> Amen, right? We'll love you and you can sit here and, and we'll preach to you and love you and try to help you because we've all been messed up at one time or another, but at least have enough decency and enough Christianity about you to withdraw your own self and not make us have to deal with it. Amen. If I was living that way, I'd be shamed to death standing up here and preach. I'd be afraid God kill me. Amen. <laughs> Don't put me in that situation. It is a terrible situation to put me in as a preacher because I don't want to. Fi- I don't want to hurt nobody, brother Ruby. I'm not out to get nobody. I'm not on Facebook trying to find out what these young girls are getting in bikinis and posting them out on Facebook. I don't. I, I didn't search that out. You're the idiot that put it out there, not me. I didn't know nothing about it. In fact, I'm not even your friend on there. I just happen to see it. Somebody else sees it and snaps a picture and sends it to me. <laughs> Is how this stuff works. I feel sorry for some of you young people. They didn't have Facebook and snap pictures and send them to the preacher when I was coming along. I feel sorry for some of you. Can't get by with nothing. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, but uh, you got to understand something. We live in a world of information. And it's easily to get a hold of. And uh, these Snapchats and, oh, they go away. No, they don't. All somebody does is snap a picture of it, just try to get you doing something, and then they'll send it around to everybody. Come on now, don't be foolish. Let me just help you from the Bible. If you claim to know Jesus, and you claim to be saved and raised by the power of God to a walk in a newness of life, then you're expected just as much as any adult in this building to walk in the newness of life if you know God. If you know enough to repent of your sins and believe on Jesus, then you know enough to walk right and live right and not live. Nobody took a Bible and showed me I shouldn't be involved in fornication and wickedness and idolatry and witchcraft practices and everything else. Nobody took a Bible and showed me that. God himself lived in me and showed me that without anybody having to tell me that. Nobody would tell me to come to church. I wasn't looking for no reason to miss. I wasn't making up being sick all the time. I wasn't trying to look for an excuse. I'm telling you, the night God saved me, the first place I wanted to be was in a Baptist church. Amen. I'm going to preach to Cody. I like preaching to Cody. He can take it pretty good. If I don't look up, I don't want anybody to think I'm preaching. I'm not preaching to anybody. I've, I've just had a day of having to deal, deal with stuff, and you find out things and, and things that are going on. It's not even anybody in here. I'm not even talking about the church here. I'm talking about just in general. Uh, it's, it's, just, it's just amazing to me, the thought process of people. Uh, the church is not being mean uh, by, by exercising church discipline. It, they used to exercise church discipline. We've lost that because we don't have enough people to discipline anymore. That's what most pastors are not exercising discipline because they can't afford to lose no more tithes so they have to get a job. Woo! 
Hallelujah. So it's easier just to keep everybody happy, ignore all those things, and let everybody go on and do what they want to. I don't want to be like that. I want to bring honor to God, and I'm going to have to give an account for your soul at the judgment seat, and I don't want to just let it go and act like nothing happened. You're expected to live right under my roof, and I ought to, we ought to expect right. If we're going to expect our families and our children to live right, you ought to expect people that are going to be members of the church, you ought to expect them to live right. <laughs> Got a church covenant that bars you from the use and sale and practice of alcohol? Then put it down if you're saved and get away from it. Right? Um, there's some expectancy. There's, a, there's, a, there's an expectancy to church membership. It used to mean something. And now church membership doesn't mean anything anymore. But it used to mean something. It used to mean something to be a member of a church. It was a, uh, man, you're held to something. It used to, when you run down here to this other church and you left your church, the pastor would call you and they'd talk about it. But now you can discipline from this church and they'll run to Kingston and join one over there. They'll take anybody. Hallelujah, preacher, you're telling it right. You can be under church discipline and they'll take you in and stick you in the choir. I know of a lady right now who left her husband, committed adultery with three men and walked away from her husband and they put her in the choir and sang specials on Sunday morning. <laughs> Woo! Come on, if you're not guilty, shout me through this one. You should, we should have let, let the missionary priest tonight. You're a lot sweeter than I am, brother. It'd probably been better for you to preach than I. Hey, we got to stand against some things. So where are you getting that from First Peter? Well, it's all through there. If we look at it, isn't that what he said? Uh, we should have ceased from sin. That he should no longer live the rest of his time in the flesh, but to the will of God. And the rest of our time, we're going to fail. We're going to falter. We're going to stumble. We're going to do some things wrong. Sure, we all are. And I would hope we're all in the position, you that are spiritual, uh, to restore such one of the sparing needs concerning ourselves. And all of us should do that. But there's an expectation in 2020 just like there was 2,000 years ago for people that are going to claim Jesus' name to live holy and to live righteously and godly not when they get to heaven but in this present world. <laughs> and what we're seeing now is, a, is a, a, just this old uh, everybody you talk to drunks and dopers and fornicators and idolaters everybody's saved. Fooly on that. <laughs> God saved me from all that mess. I don't know about you, but God saved me from that mess and made a new creature out of me and put a new song in my heart, even praises unto God. Put me in a, changed my location, changed everything about me. I hope he's changed you and saved you from your sins. <laughs> I hope he has. Has he? Has God saved you from your sins? <laughs> Man, I hope so. There's, a, there's an expectancy. Why? Because the end is at hand. And uh, the time's passed when we had lived in those things, but that ought to be the past. And the present now that we're saved is the expectation for me and you. We should live in the will of God. That's the expectation for us. And if you're saved, that is the expectation that God has for you. Not, not Harriman Baptist Tabernacle, not Clint Boyer, not David Reed, not any pastor, not any deacon, not any Sunday school teacher. The expectation is from God Almighty who said little children and he told them you are expected not to sin. All right, that you sin not. Right? The expectation is for us to live holy. <laughs> Why? Because the world is going to see very few people. They'll see many people that are claiming the name, but very few people that are not walking just like they walk. 
hope you young people get fired up for God. I want to see you get on fire for God and just live as holy and as sold out to God. Boy, don't you want to, I don't want to end up dead and cold and dried up. What's it gotten any of us to, 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 to drop our standards and lower the standard? What's it gained any of us? Wait, huh? Come on now. You've, you've lost most of your influence over it. It's not gained you any influence. It's not gained you any confidence in your family, has it? Your family has any more confidence in you? At one time, they ridiculed you for how you lived, and now, uh, now they've got you down to where they want you. Amen. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Come on now. Uh, and uh, so here's what he's going to tell them, and I can do it quickly because I kept you too long this morning. Um, wherein, look, look at me here, this, this, we'll cover two verses here. For the time past of our life, may it suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles when we walked in last sinner. See, that's all, that's all past tense. That ought to be past tense if you're a Christian. Amen. It ought to be past tense. Nobody ought to beat you over the head that gets you to dress right and talk right and live right. Nobody ought to beat you. It's hard to do, but ain't nobody ought to make you try to do it. It's in your heart to do it or it's not in your heart to do it, right? And it's hard, and I'm like Billy Mitchell said, if I could just be as holy as I wanted to be. I'd like to be as holy as God is. I just fail at it a lot of times, amen? But I'm telling you, there's a desire in the heart of a Christian to live in a manner that's acceptable to God, and that's still the expectation, and I'm not going to change it if your kids are guilty of it or if my kids are guilty of it or if your grandkids are doing it or, your, or, my, or my grandkids one day end up doing it. I just want to try to stand on the Bible. It's a sure and solid foundation. And if it was wrong 6,000 years ago, it's still wrong today. God's not changed his mind because anybody in our family is guilty of it. Amen. Right? So let's just stand on the truth and preach and live holy, and that will separate us. Yes, it will put a mark on our back. I talked to young people this morning. You are going to be marked out to try to do something for God. The enemy is going to come after you. Anybody in here tries to do anything for God, not just young people. But daddies, we try to live our uh, do, uh, family devotions. We try to pray with our children. We try to do anything for God, and the enemy will begin attacking you. Sit down and watch TV with them. He ain't going to bother you much. But if you want to try to leave your family and raise your children in the fear of God, the enemy is going to attack you. Anything you try to do for God, you're going to get attacked. And so, yes, you're going to have a mark on your back to try to live for God, and you're going to be targeted by the enemy to try to live for God. But I'm going to tell you something. It'll be worth it one day. Paydays are coming, and our rewards are over on the other side, and so you don't need to worry about all that. God's got all that fixed up and ready, and you are not going to regret a moment that you've lived holy and righteous. Why? Because there's coming a time when people will not endure sound doctrine. And they'll heap to themselves not Bible preachers. Notice the language there. The language says they heap to themselves teachers. You don't know how many times I've been told, boy, I just love the little teaching message. He don't do all that hollering. I love him because he's such a good Bible teacher. <laughs> Well, that sounds awfully familiar to what the last days sound like. Come on now. They don't want leather-lunged Bible preaching against sin. They want teachers. Teach us something sweet out of the Bible uh, while we're living in open sin and rebellion and can't even show up to church faithful. Uh, but teach us something kind from the Bible. Uh, that's not what we need. We need old-fashioned Bible preaching is what we need. Sin-killing preaching, that's what we need. Now, well, I don't need it. Well, then pat yourself on the back, good for you. But for the rest of 
service. We need Bible preaching that somebody will take a King James Bible and just preach the devil out of us. That's what's wrong with most of us. We've gotten so cold and backslid on God, we don't even hardly know we're cold anymore. <laughs> Amen. Our bodies are here, but we're as cold as ice. We need warmed by the fire of God. Woo! I feel good tonight. I'm not going to do what I did to you this morning, but I felt good today. God's helped me, brother. I've seemed a little spastic today, but I've gotten excited over these scriptures, brother Tony. God has just worked them in my heart, and I'm excited over them. I want to be excited to serve God. I don't want to be miserable. I don't want to be cold. I don't want to be indifferent. I want to be excited about serving Jesus. I don't care how dark it gets out there. I still want them to know that there's one Christian somewhere that's walking differently than the excess of right that we're all working in, and he, we think he's strange, but he's walking different than we are. Somebody's give him the power to do that. And they'll come to you when the, everything else, they've tried everything else. When they really get desperate, they're going to look out that one that's strange. <laughs> I know a lot of people that claimed it. And uh, you wouldn't believe some of the opinions I got when I started seeking God. But look at what happens to these people. Hey. I, I've seen this happen so many times. People, you young, some of these young people get bitter at the church and they want to blame God. They're the ones living. This is the way most of them get. Uh, they, they, they get out and they get messed up with a boy or they get messed up with a girl after the church has preached and told them not to fornicate. Their parents have told them don't be alone with other people and they make a conscious decision to go out in spite of everything their parents teach, in spite of everything the preachers preach and everything the church stands for and everything that God saved them from that they profess to be saved and they walk out and live in it in open rebellion and somehow we're the bad people for preaching against it. And then they get bitter and the enemy puts that in their mind. Them people mistreated you. No, you mistreated us by living like, a, like an Egyptian and living like you didn't know no better. <laughs> you brought shame to us. We don't, we're not the ones to be ashamed. You're the one that went out and lived like that. Amen. Come on now. You know better than what you're doing. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Woo! I used to, you could preach like this. Man, people love this kind of preaching before. And now, boy, we get nervous. I wonder who's going to get upset if we preach like that. We're already down in number. Well, we may just need to go down further. Because if you don't like preaching against sin, then I suggest you go somewhere where they'll pat you on the back and roll out the red carpet and beat your door down to try to get you to join. I'm not looking for numbers. I want to have Holy Ghost filled services where God's honored and God's pleased and sinners can get help for their soul and the, and the, and the Spirit of God's not grieved because the judgment's got to begin at the house of God first. And if God's people ain't going to live right, how in the world do we expect the dirty world to come in here and get born in a filthy hospital? <laughs> Woo! How about, how about you young people? Any of you doing any better? Are you doing better spiritually with all you've let creep into your life? Come on now. What about you parents? Are we doing any better? Are we any happier? Are our churches any more filled? Is there any more power in our services because of the standards we've dropped? No, there hasn't been. In fact, we've almost lost touch with the reality of the presence of God. And it's not because sinners are out in the world wearing britches. It's because God's people have gotten cold. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. What do we need, brother? We need to get back to the place where the world thinks we're strange again. <laughs> this isn't a negative. It's not a negative that the Bible says wherein they think it's strange. 
Let me ask you something. Uh, do, you, do people think you're strange? Hey, we ought to want to be strange. Right? Uh, that old Cody, he's... He's funny. He's one of them funny guys. He believes the Bible. Hey, you got to take that as a... I wish that shouldn't make you feel bad. Well, don't call Cody. He won't come to that party. He don't do all that drinking and stuff. He loves Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, Daniel didn't get invited to the drunken party, did he? Amen. But they know who to call when God started knocking at their door. <laughs> They weren't looking for everybody that was down there living it up with them. They was looking for that one strange man who wasn't afraid of the commandment of the king and got on his knees and prayed towards the God of heaven. <laughs> that's what they were looking for, that strange fellow, Daniel, who really believes the Bible. See, these other guys, they say they believe it, but they down here with us. But they, the one person they went to go looking for is I know a man named Daniel. Amen. Amen. How many want to be like that in these last days? The world's been, I mean, I'm telling you, it's a dime a dozen. You got men trying to be women. It's an abomination to God. You got ladies that think they're men. You got people so messed up, they don't know what sex they are. They, they have outright, they're so messed up in their brain that they cannot accept biological facts about their own sex. They're so messed up, they have no idea just how bad off they are. But in a world that's sick, there is some people that can walk in the power of God. <laughs> and we can be strange. I don't know about you, but I'm a little fired up tonight. I want to be one of them strange people that people call strange. Don't you? I want to be strange again. Brother Pentecost, I want to be strange again. I want people to talk. I, I know one that ain't going to go along with us. God starts dealing with us, and I want them to look at him and think, man, that's odd. He don't do what we do. That's why we tell you don't worry about dropping your friends. When you get saved, they'll drop you. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I didn't. I tried. Hey, uh, brother Garrett, I was trying every way in the world to get my uh, my friends to get saved, and uh, I didn't get away from none of them. I was trying to win them, and they it wasn't long. They didn't want nothing to do with me. They got tired of hearing about all that Jesus stuff. Amen. <laughs> what about it, young people? Uh, my only hope for your generation is that somebody gets full of God and is willing to be strange and suffer affliction with the people of God. Man, I'm stirred up. I like to see God raise some of you up. Really get on fire for God. And really, I'm telling you, that this generation, we are, we are in a generation, they are so messed up that they think they're pure in their own eyes. They think they're right. They think they're pure in their own eyes. Regardless of what the Bible says, they think they're right. Morality's all subjective to them. They, if I think it's wrong, it's wrong. But if I don't think it's wrong, then whatever. So I can just be whatever I want to be. I, can, I wonder if you can self-identify as a horse. This is how sick our country, this is how messed up we are. Could you ever imagine, Brother Reed, your day, that people would honestly have to ask you, what pronoun do you use? They're offended. It's offensive now to go to the drive-thru and say, thank you, ma'am. Now, I've been shocked when I get up there. Sometimes it's those real effeminate fellas that are just as much going to hell as the full-blown ones. The Bible says, nor effeminate. And they're soft and flipping, come on up here, sir. And you get up there and think, good night. What in the world? And you said, yes, ma'am, or whatever to them. Hey, goodness gracious. <laughs> I don't know what to call them anymore. <laughs> but that's how messed up we are in this country. They don't even know what they are. 
And all because somewhere down the road, Daddy whooped them and they had a preacher be mean to them and preach the Bible to them. And that's what made me be. You're so messed up. Why don't you grow up and take some responsibility? You're messed up because you're a rebel and you're wicked in your heart and you better get right with God. That's why you're messed up. It ain't the preacher's fault. It ain't Brother Jones's fault. It ain't my fault. It ain't any Sunday school teacher's fault. And it ain't nobody else's in here that's messed up's fault. If you're living in rebellion, it's your own fault. Amen. It's a sin of witchcraft. Well, the Bible said it was just open rebellion. Anybody in here nervous? We shouldn't be nervous. This kind of preaching used to be common. You just preach against everything. I was up not long ago. I heard Brother Gravely was preaching against pink, pink shirts on men and beards. <laughs> and Brother Giddens was on the front row and had pink on his tie. <laughs> We laughed about that thing. Uh, hey, it doesn't bother me. I disagree with it, and I'll probably wear one just because you said it. But it don't bother me. Preach against all of it. It doesn't bother me. What happened to us? We just, we, we, we've lost the ability to take Bible preaching. <laughs> just, just, just to receive it. If it's my words, the Holy Ghost will let you know. But if it's in this Bible, then we're bound to the truth. And I appreciate somebody loved me enough to tell it to me. Whether I agree with them or not, if, if, as long as they, they believe it enough, I've got more respect for somebody that will at least say the RSV is the word of God. At least they stand on something. They don't say it's just, well, whatever you think's right. No. Be convicted on something and stand for it. You'll fall for everything, they say. Stand on it. <laughs> You young people, get these convictions in your heart. Stand on them. I don't want to lose any more young people to the world. I'm tired of watching our young people drift and drift and drift and end up in control of Egypt. I'm tired of watching it. I really, I don't mean that as in I'm mad. My heart is broken at the reality that very few young people make it through our independent churches and stay in our independent churches. I don't, if you walk away from us, you young people, I want to tell you something. It'll, it'll be all, all, you're going to have to go around some of us that love you to get there. I don't want to let you go. I love you too much. I don't want to see you run to the world. It's going to destroy your life. <laughs> they say, well, people's mean to me. Nobody's mean to you. Listen, we love you. We're trying to help you. If we, if we didn't love you, we would just let you destroy yourself. Right? <laughs> Faithful are the wounds of a friend. I'd rather have that than the deceitful kiss of an enemy. Wouldn't you? Somebody just pat you on the back. Thank God for a Nathan. Thou art the man. And point his big old bony finger at somebody and call him out. Hallelujah. Man, I hope that. I, I hope that. It didn't, I know it won't help you much, but that just was on my heart tonight. I'm telling you, I just, I, you young people, I appreciate you. Most of you young people, I, you don't get near as mad as some older people when you preach on stuff. You take it a lot better than some people I've seen in some churches. But don't, hey, listen, uh, God's, God's set an expectation for all Christians to live in a whole, uh, live a holy, separated life. And if we're not living holy and separated, we are not in the will of God. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And I know what the Bible says. You only have to pray about it. Say amen to that one time, would you? I love you young people. I do. I mean it. I love you. I don't, I don't want to lose you. 
I don't want to lose you to the world. Keep your mind, guard your mind. The enemy's going to come tell you all them people's mean to you. They don't love you. Us older people, he'll do us the same way, won't he? But he'll come to you and say, oh, them people don't care about you. Listen, that preacher, he's mad at you. He's mean. He's all this stuff. And you want to listen to all that? Then go ahead. But I want to warn you something. Don't listen to all that stuff. Look at the facts. Right? And the facts are, I guarantee you, none of them people you think love you are praying for you tonight. Amen. But I know a group that is. I know a group that's picked out names out of a hat in, in their Sunday school class and they're taking turns praying for you. Don't turn on God's church because somebody messed up or somebody done this or somebody done that or some preacher preached a mean message or something. Hey, don't turn on God and the truth. It don't matter if he did preach it just to hurt you. The fact of the matter is you need to consider, is it true? Right? The spirit in which he delivered it in can be debated and the intent of his heart can be debated. You won't ever find out no how. God ain't going to tell you and reveal that to you anyway. So just judge by the truth. Is it true in you? That's what we need to ask ourselves. And not be deceitful hearers of the word, but doers of the word of God. Why? Because the time's coming and it is and shall say has come. When uh, uh, they will not endure sound doctrine and uh, they will be... Uh, covetousness, proud, boasters, lover, lovers of themselves more than lovers of God, disobedient to parents, rebellion uh, will creep in at an ungodly rate. Uh, they'll be, uh, you ever seen it? I've never seen it in such my life. I, 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 never, I couldn't imagine my daddy would find the closest thing he could to hit me with if I acted like some young people do at Walmart. I wish their parents had let me whoop them. I'd hit them with something. Throwing temper tantrums. I seen one smack at their mother. I'd be dead. You wouldn't have a preacher if I'd have smacked my mother. My daddy'd have killed me, brother. I mean, he'd have buried me in the backyard, graveyard, dead, killed me. I love this kind of preacher. This is what helps me. I, I hope it helps you. I'm fired up to want to be. I'm not attacking nobody. I'm not, what I'm saying is the time for that junk is over. That should be in the past. If you're saved, put that stuff behind you and go on for God. There's not much time left. Let's do all we can to live for God. We don't have time for lasciviousness. We don't have time for uh, drunkenness and railings. and We don't have time for fornication and all that bunch of garbage. We don't have time for that. The end is at hand. Jesus is coming. And we're going to have to give an account to him who Peter goes on to say is ready to judge the quick and the dead. You know what that means? He's ready to judge those that are alive when he comes and those that are dead when he comes. He's ready. The wrath of the Lamb. Judgment has been given to the Son, and he's going to judge this world by the words that he spoke. Where are you going to stand? I, I pray, I, hey, I pray, I want to live right. I don't know about you. I'm not talking about just a bunch of pharisaical junk. I'm not talking about all that so that we can think we're better than everybody. I, I want as far away from that kind of independent fundamentalism as I can possibly be. I mean that. I want as far away from that crowd that thinks they're better than everybody and looks down their nose and wouldn't, wouldn't win a soul. They, all, all they do is glory in appearance. I don't want to be around that bunch. But nor do I want to be with the bunch that's just glory. And, and Paul said, your glorying is not good. You've got a mess and you need to clean it up. Right? I, I want to be balanced in the middle. I want to live holy and still love people. Don't you? I want to live right. We need to get back to it. 
There's daddies, parents, homes. We got to get back to living right and living for God. We're losing this next generation. I don't want to lose them. I want to see you young people going for God. In some ways, can I say something to you? The odds are stacked against you in some way. But if you're saved and you got God, you can live for God if you want to. Amen. Amen. Oh, they're going to think I'm strange. Well, boo-hoo. Well, I don't want people to think I... I, I wonder if Jesus did that. I wonder, I wonder if Jesus hanging up on the cross and thought, well, I don't, I don't want them to think I'm guilty of what sister so-and-so did. What if, what if he did that to you? Well, I don't want to be ashamed and identify with them. He bore the shame, did he not? Everything you're guilty of, he was accused of, and he was found guilty of. And we're ashamed of him. Well, I, I don't want them to see me dressed that way and think I'm different. I thought that was the purpose. Isn't it? I don't want them to think I'm one of those crazy ones that really thinks you ought to go all the way for Jesus. I don't want them to think like that. I thought that was the point. And not to fake it, but I want this world to know I've been saved and changed by the power of God. We're different, right? Come on, help me out here. We ought to be different than the world. And the problem is you take an average church and you put them in with the world and shake them up, pour them out, you wouldn't know which was which. We ought to be different. There and they think it's strange. Not that so much that you're not guilty of it. Hey, I'm done with this. Some of us have been guilty since we've been saved of some pretty ugly things. But you know what that verse says? They think it's strange that you don't run with them. It's one thing to have a bad, weak moment. David, my sins are too heavy for me. They're ever before me. And you see his repentance in that thing. He was caught in a weak moment at a weak time and made a mistake. That's all they ever want to talk about. David's failures all the time. But uh, people use him as an example. See, well, he did it. Well, what about all the good things he did too? But they'll talk about him falling there with Bathsheba. And yes, a man, a Christian, we can get messed up. We can do some mean old things. But I'm telling you something. We can't be identified with the world. We're not running with that crowd. I'm, I, I'm, my crowd is the people of God. And I may stumble along the way and mess up, but I'm not running in excess of riot with a bunch of people that hate God, right? <laughs> Amen. I hope you're not. Lord, we love you. Thank you for the Bible. Thank you for the truth. Thank you for helping us from the preacher. I want to thank you for every preacher that stood up in my life and preached some pretty hard messages to me and helped me from the Bible. It don't feel good all the time, but I am so thankful there were some men that loved me enough to give me the truth. And so, Lord, we love you, and we pray that you'd help us as we continue on to live for the Lord in these last days, that we suffer right. Help us to suffer, help us to be strange and all those things that we are to the world, but help us to do it with a cheerful heart, and help us to serve you like we never have before. Please help our uh, church, our saved folks that love the Lord, help us to live right in these last days. And for those that may be lost here tonight, may you help them to come to the saving knowledge of the truth in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Stand to your feet, and we'll have a hymn of invitation. If you need to come, and you just come, mind the Lord, and let the Lord lead you. And if you need to come, you come on. Go ahead, Brother Reeve, sing for us. <laughs>